years ago this month, the 15th of this month, got there. And the, the, the idea was to start churches. And, you know, as you can see, it's just Jesus and me, praise God. And so it was a challenge. But I tell you, if you believe, God can use you to do anything. Amen. Praise the Lord. We started two churches, one in Portimao, one in Quarteta. We baptized 46 people so far in the name of Jesus. Praise God. We've seen 38 receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and we started two language schools to teach English, and that's the way we're seeing people come to the Lord. Amen. I want you to open your Bibles to Matthew 7, 13. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. And as you see, we have the project going on. We're needing partners in missions. I'm trying to finish by the end of this month. I just started, but I believe that God can do it. Amen? Because I, I don't know why we'd have to stay two years in America when God only made the world in six days. Because I was saying seven, but it's only six. Amen? Amen. And, and I'm just asking not for any creation of anything, just a few partners in missions. And it's 30 days, so it's like a whole bunch of times. So I believe God can do it. Amen? I calculated seven people in each church, a partner in missions. If you don't know what it is, it's a monthly support. We need um, the amount of people that I need are 100 people at $50 a month. So it's just filling out this form, talking to your pastor, making sure it's okay first, and just filling out this form. Pat churches and individuals can become partners. If you have a really rich uncle that has a lot of money, and you want to tell him to support the work in Portugal by signing up as a partner in missions. And not only that, we're trying to do those crusades in those five cities, as you saw. And it's 10000 for each city. So we definitely want your uncle to give us, to, to help us with one of the cities. Amen? But if we all put together, I calculated from each church, if I get seven partners, and if we could get 10 people to give 1000 then we'll have the 10000 and we can have revival in one city that there is no church there's no they can't come to church and sing and praise like you just did you know you know and the beautiful I, I respect so much how you guys honor your leadership you know all of this that you have there are people that are lost and dying and they don't have it and we can do something about it so if you are able to help please get on board and help us we're also needing aimers like said in the video so we need people to come over to Portugal and help us work um, you know, I when I got there, I was like, God, I do not believe that you are not calling anyone to Portugal, that I'm the only one here working all, doing all this work. Amen? So it turns out that you got to let the word be known because people are called to ministry and, and people just love to help. You know, I, I was a witness. All these people here, they love to help. And all we need is help. So just help us pray and talk to your pastor if you want to go to Portugal. We have opportunities for you to work just like you work here. Amen? Praise God. So hopefully I don't get in trouble for trying to recruit you guys. But, you know, <laughs> the more you give, the more will come. <laughs> Let me stop before I get in trouble. So let's go <laughs> to Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. We have a word for us today in the name of Jesus. A great privilege again to be with you guys. I'm so thankful for the opportunity to come. And let's uh, just, uh, just to let you know in the church services that we normally have on deputation. I did this is my second deputation, last one. 
Uh, we did seven months of travel. That was the first one. And so this time, I'm reducing it to one month. <laughs> like, you know, God could do seven. He could do one because I don't need all of those partners again. Amen? And great revival on, on, on the American soil in the, in the services on deputation. And we're in a deputation service tonight. We've seen 518. I was counting people that received healing, that received some kind of healing in the service. Because I count. I tell you to raise your hands after we're done praying. And I was counting so I could tell what to the other people where I'm going what happened. So we ended up with 518 healed. 287, I believe. I don't have the paper here. That received the gift of the Holy Ghost. 30 were baptized in the name of Jesus on deputation. And tonight is a deputation service. So, you know, God's going to keep that going. This morning, we had seven people testify of healing. Wednesday night, we had one lady receive um, healing, and another one got the Holy Ghost. So God is pouring out, and tonight is a good night, hallelujah, for us to, to be born uh, of the water and of the Spirit, for us to be born into the kingdom, for us to experience the healing power of God. Tonight is a good night because it's Sunday night, and it's the 13th of October. Praise God, so we might as well. Amen? Amen? In the name of Jesus, Matthew 7, 13. Let's read it. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Let us pray in the name of Jesus Christ. We come before you and we thank you for your word and we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. We thank you for the chance, dear God, to be together, to lift you up and to magnify your name. We thank you for the word that you have prepared for us and we receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your word challenge us, Lord God. Let your word minister to us and change us. Oh, hakashanta. Let your word heal us, Lord God. Let there be a great river of the Spirit that begins to flow in this place and touch the lives and heal the sickness. Hallelujah. Open up the blind eyes. Unstop the deaf ears. Haka. Cause the lame to walk. Cause the dumb to talk. Let the power, supernatural power of God be unleashed in this place. Send your angels to minister. Haka. To everyone that is in this house today. Touch them from the youngest to the oldest. Let your grace and your favor begin to flow. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord God, for your power and your might and your sweet spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, if you believe that God's going to talk to you, just give a shout of praise and give a hand clap. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the name of Jesus Christ. The message today is narrow is the way. The Lord wants to encourage us, us that have been walking for him, for, us, for, for, for those that are looking into walking with Jesus. The Lord wants to speak to us tonight, and he's telling us about entering in at the straight gate. When I, when I was putting this message together, I remember a story that I read 
a book, one of the books from the, I got it from the um, Pentecostal publishing house. It's about the life of Sister Oma Ellis. And in the book, it talked about how God called her. And, and uh, I'm just going to read a part of it here. Uh, it talked about something that connected to this scripture. It said, my dream, she had a dream. She was a young age and she had a dream. It says, my dream started as I began to climb stairs leading to the entrance of heaven. I was welcomed and, and told I could go anywhere I desired. An angel escorted me all over the many parts of heaven. Eventually, however, I returned to the straight to the stairway and began to curiously observe people as they arrived. The first person I recognized was a little girl who had been one who had been one of my playmates. She was the niece of a very prominent preacher of my father's faith. She she made an effort to walk right in, but she was not allowed. She was told, "Your dancing and worldly pleasures hinder your entrance here." She went back down the stairs weeping. Next, I saw my father climbing the stairs with a heavy load of magazines from his organization. When he arrived at the gate, he was told, no such rubbish may enter here. My father began to argue, but these magazines have articles written by our officials, by brother so-and-so. It's the main writer. Their preaching and teaching is not the sound doctrine of God's truth. Take all that garbage back to earth and destroy it. As at this point, and at this point in my dream, I found myself on a very narrow path. It was so narrow, I had to lift one foot slowly and place it directly in front of the other foot, or I would lose my balance. How carefully I had to walk. I exercised even greater caution when I realized that the narrow walkway spanned a very deep chasm and abyss filled with great billowing waves of flame. More terrifying than the sights of the flame was the realization that people were being tossed about in that raging inferno. Their screams of anguish were so frightening that I watched, I, I wasn't, to rush away. I wanted to rush away from these sights and sounds of horror. My fear of mess, missing a step on that narrow path and falling into that horrible pit made my progress slow and agonizing. Then out of that nightmare of screaming anguish came the unmistakable sound of somebody calling my name. Oma, go, warn your father and my brethren to never come to this place. I am in hell. And it says it in Matthew 7, 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go therein. The in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Oh, Jesus, precious Lord Jesus. Oh, God wants to give us a reminder of why we are here, what this is all about. God wants to remind all of us to not take it lightly what we're doing. 
This scripture talks of a gate and a way. The gate, a gate is a point of entry, a place of beginning, a place where things begin. So if you are here and you're visiting and you're wondering where should I go to church, what church should I attend, the Lord said, enter in at the straight gate. Enter into a place where it's not so easy. Not everybody wants to do it, but that's the way. That's the way that God wants you to go. Hallelujah. Let's give the hand cup of praise to the Lord. When you decide to live for God, there are many options set before you. All these churches, all these different organizations. And that when you are deciding what gate to choose, what gate to enter in, what church to go, you must evaluate, evaluate and see the gate that they have. If it's a little tiny gate that is hard to enter into, it's difficult. If it requires something out of you, then, then just nothing. And that's the kind of gate that you want to enter in. That's the kind of church that you want to go. Yes. It's not easy, but that's the way that you want to go. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. It talks about a gate, and it talks about a way. A way is a road. The gate is the point of entry, but a way is a road or a path that takes you to a certain point. Then it doesn't stop at the gate because a gate leads to somewhere. It's the entry point. I've seen gates that give way to beautiful mansions and gates that give way to great cities. But after you pass the gate, there is a great world to explore. And it's telling you when you are choosing how to enter the kingdom, make sure you pick the way that is super narrow and hard to walk. Christianity is not a bed of roses like some like to tell us. Life is not easy, and it doesn't get easier when you start to live for God. Some people can testify that it gets a little bit harder before it gets better. Amen? Amen. But now you have help when you're living for God. This is the way to go. This is the way to go. Hebrews 4.15 for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So it's not easy, but we have help. We have a high priest knows the suffering that we're going through, and he helps us. We might be suffering, but we have help. We might be fighting, but God is fighting with us, and that's what it's all about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So which one are you? Do you find yourself doing what everyone is doing and agreeing with what everyone is saying? If your answer is yes, you are growing, you're going on the broad way that leads to destruction. Do you choose to do the things that seem easier or just makes more sense in your eyes or in the eyes of your friends? Then that means you're going the, the broad way that leads to destruction. Or do you find yourself being the unpopular one that no one seems to agree with? The one that's doing things differently and the one that they are criticizing, the one that does things that no one else is doing, 
that stands up for things that others think is unnecessary? If your answer is yes, then you are going the narrow way that leads unto life. Amen? Because it's not popular what we're doing. It's not popular. Nobody wants to do it. I mean, they've created churches so you don't have to do what the Bible says. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. But we cannot afford to let that happen. We can't afford to go on the broad way because Jesus has spoken. Amen? And he has said, be careful where you enter and be careful what way you take because this is a situation of life and death. Don't lay... Don't let naysayers get you to change your direction. Go forward in Jesus' name. Go the narrow way, no matter how unpopular. Because this is not a popularity contest. This is an obedience. This is a, a, I'm going to get to go to heaven. This is i I'm going to get to save myself and save the ones that I reach. Amen? I, I tell the people over in Portugal... You got to be a good Christian because the ones that you reach, they're going to be just like you. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. What's on the Broadway? Lots of friends, lots of money, and lots of company. Easy Christianity where living for God doesn't cost you, cost you absolutely nothing. That's the big way, the Broadway, the fun way. Matthew 16, 24, 25. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Those are not easy things to do. It's really hard to do that. But that's the way that leads to life. Amen? For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. So lose your life. Lose it all. Lose it all. Because when you do that, you're going to find life in Jesus Christ. 2 Samuel 24, 24 25. And the king said unto Aaron, Nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. My God deserves more than me just doing nothing. My God deserves me sacrificing to obey him. He deserves a real sacrifice. He deserves something that costs me. That's not easy. That's not cheap. That somebody didn't give to me. My own sweat, my own, my own tears. Amen? My own suffering, my own humiliation. He deserves that. He deserves Something that cost me something. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offering and peace offerings. So the Lord was entreated for the land and the plagues was stayed from Israel. He offered to God. He refused. And we've got to refuse. When they're coming with that cheap uh, Christianity, we must refuse. Just like David said and said, nope, if it doesn't cost me anything, it's not good enough for my God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. First Chronicles 21, 24. And the king said to Ornan, Nay, but I will verily buy it for the full price, for I will not take that which is thine for the Lord, nor offer burnt offering without cost. It must cost me something. You don't give me something for me to give to God. I want to give God of my strength, of my efforts, of my sacrifice. I want to give to God from myself. So it's not easy. It's, it's, not, it's, it, it's the narrow way. It's not the broad way. But I choose to go the narrow way. I choose to go that way where nobody wants to go. Because that is the way that leads to life. I choose to live for God. I choose to submit myself to the teachings of this church and these, and these uh, leaders and this pastor. I choose to, to do that because that's what the Bible says. And if others don't want to do it, they can't, they can't entice me because I want to do something that costs something for my God. What's on the narrow way? It's not easy. It's uncomfortable. You have to rub against people because there isn't enough room on the narrow way. You have to say no to some things. You have to look differently sometimes. You have to stand up for things that others think are not important. You have to suffer ridicule from others that think you are different and crazy. That's the way. That's the narrow way. Praise God. Hallelujah. But, but don't worry about them, for your reward is great. Your reward is great. Don't be fooled. Don't be tricked. Don't be deceived. You have a great reward. They don't have a great reward. They might laugh at you, but you are the one that's going to have the victory. You've got to stay put. You've got to keep on going. You've got to hold on. You've got to keep on. You got to walk the narrow part, path. Psalm 37 verse 1 says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. He's not going to forsake you. You're going to be fine. Sometimes the, the, the challenges and the, and the intimidations of the enemy makes you think that if I don't do this, I'm going to die of hunger. If I'm not just a little bit dishonest, I'm not going to be able to make it. But he said, you will be fed. You will, he will take care of you. You stand up for Jesus against all odds. And he's going to take care of you. You're not going to die of hunger. He's going to rise up and he's going to take care of you. You just do good. You just keep walking for Jesus. Don't worry about it. Psalm 73 verse 3 says it. For I was envious of the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Yes, yeah, some people say, how is it? So, you know, these new people that are coming you know, oh, the battles, some of them, we lost them, Brother Arthur. They couldn't handle it. The, the, the devils over there are vicious. Hallelujah. They see you walk in the church and they start attacking you. 
So, but some of them are tough enough and they're keeping, they're keeping going. They're like, how is it that I'm living for God and everything is going wrong? I tell them, the devil, the, the other ones, they're the devil's friends. He's not going to mess with them. He already has them. He wants you. So he wants to beat you down. So that way you can go join his party. But you've got to fight. They're fine because he doesn't, he's not threatened by them. He doesn't have anything to lose. He's already got them. Amen? But you now, you're a threat to his existence. You're a threat to his agenda, to his kingdom. He's trying to destroy people, and you're helping them to be better. He hates you. He wants to destroy you. He's trying to get you to hell, and you're going to heaven. That's what's going on. Praise God. Praise God. So evil, hallelujah. So the wicked is prospering. It says it in verse 3 and verse 4. It says, let me read again. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the pros prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men. Neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compassed them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with, fakeness, with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouths. Praise God. They set their mouths against the heavens. And their tongue walketh through the earth. Verse 13. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. You've got to understand. They might be joyful now. Oh, all the people on the Broadway, they're looking at you. You are crazy. You are silly. Why are you doing that? Why are you acting this way, dressing this way? Don't you see? We're fine. And you're not. What are you doing? But understand, if you're in the house of the Lord, understand their end. You've got to understand their end. Do not be tricked. Don't go the broad way. Stay on the narrow way. God's reward is out of this world. And that's what you're going to get. It might be rough now, but keep on going. Keep holding on because your reward will be great in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Mark 10, 29 says it like this. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sisters, or fathers, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my sake, and the gospels. But he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time, houses, and brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children and lands with persecution. Huh? 
Yeah, that's it. With persecution. It sounds all good. And people will tell you, you know, some, some groups, they'll tell you. It's, they just read to that part and they jump over the persecution part. But that's the key. You're going to have persecution. It's not going to be easy because this is the narrow way. Amen? With persecution. And in the world to come, you're going to have eternal life. Many that are first shall be last. And last shall be first. Amen? There are two gates to choose from. Two ways to choose from. And he has already told us what gate to choose. This is a test, but he already gave you the answer. So you're not going to fail the test. Amen? I mean, you can't get any easier than this. You have a test, but you know what the answer is. So just pick the right answer in the name of Jesus. Come on. Pick the right answer in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. This is not a difficult test at all. Hallelujah. It might be hard because of the enticing temptations, because of the riches and the glory, because of all of those inviting things. But don't be fooled. Pass the test. Pick the narrow way. Pick the difficult way and walk in it. Walk in it with joy in your heart, knowing that I'm passing this test. It might look like I'm losing and that they're winning, but I'm really winning and they're really losing. So I'm going to stay on my difficult path, but this path is going to lead to life eternal. She talked about it. She, she talked about it. She was walking. She was walking on that narrow path, one foot in front of the other. And we've got to realize that that's what's going on with us. It might seem that, oh, I'm coming to church. Oh, I'm here. But we are walking the narrow path every day. And we've got to stay on it. Because the moment we slip, we're going to fall in that lake of fire. Amen? So we've got to remember. Don't, don't, you know, don't get too involved that we forget what this is all about. We're going to walk the narrow path. And we're going to encourage everyone we meet to walk the narrow path. No matter how difficult it is. I want you to stand with me. We also have gates. We have gates. I have gates. I have a gate. You have a gate. We have gates. Points of entry into our lives. Amen? Where we allow things to come in. And God is calling someone to open up their gates and let him come in today. When you choose the straight gate and the narrow way, when we do that, we open our gates and allow God to come in. When we choose the wide gate and the broad way, we ignore God's word and we don't open our gates and we don't allow God to come in. Psalms 24-7, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up your everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. And he will fight for you. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. 
I want to invite you to come to this altar. If you've never experienced the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, if you've never spoken in tongues, I want you to come to this altar and give your life to God. Start walking this narrow way. Open up your gates and let God fill you. You're not going to be the same. Your life's going to be changed forever. If you've never spoken in tongues, if you know someone, just bring them to the altar so they can come up. Praise God.